up, queens? It's your girl, B. Jules, again. Thank you for tuning in on another episode of Words That Speak on a series of What the Hell is Dating? This episode is What in the Hell is Love? If you haven't heard the first podcast on What in the Hell is Dating, please go back and listen. If you haven't read the blog, please read the blog. Please subscribe with your email at www.wheresthatspeak.com so you can get notifications on any writings published. And follow me on IG and Facebook. Give me some engagement. Do, do what you do. So I wanted to do something over V-Day weekend, but my voice and mind couldn't get it together. Typical. But it's still a topic that I feel is very relevant on an everyday basis, and I believe we need to talk about it more. And it's love. Yes, queens, I'm going into love. Now, I'm no love doctor. I'm no psychologist. I'm no therapist. None of that. I'm just a queen on a journey to breaking my brand of brokenness. So most of us wonder, what is love? How do I know where to find it? In today's podcast, Let's shine some light in some areas, and let's also learn what happened on my dating experience. So love is a profound word, profound meaning state, quality, or emotion. Love is deep, very great, powerful, intense, heartfelt, sincere, but it's also painful. There's suffering involved, and it's hard. Love is just not a one word, word. It is not just a feeling or emotion. It is a choice, an action. In a lifetime, we as humans seek, run, express, research, and oftentimes find it, lose it, abuse it, and let it go. It is the most studied yet least understood human emotion. It is the most studied yet least understood human emotion. That was interesting to me. I pulled some stats. I don't remember exactly where I got them from. I meant to write it down, but I didn't, so I apologize. Average couples date four and a half years before getting married. And I was over here like two years, ring, date, pop in. 48% of men will fall in love at first sight versus 28% of women. 9% of women found it in a club versus 2%. 68% of men don't know how to ask a woman out. Interesting. As a single queen for going on six years now, I have struggled with being single and I have also found great success in being single. I don't believe love is in one thing, place, or person. I don't believe anymore that love is hard to find. I do believe it's hard for us to understand it. And without understanding, how can we demonstrate it properly? So since last episode, A piece of me left and a piece of me was gained. In both scenarios, I gained something. I learned about some boundaries I need to put in place. There are still certain temptations that are still my weakness. And I learned that. I also learned... (laughs) I got some issues still, y'all. I got some issues. Pray for me. So we barely made it to a month. So for starters, when we first started talking, he was very strong in his verbiage, very like, baby, and I miss you, and 
just everything. Even if he just texts me, what are you doing? I felt like it was, what are you doing? Like so passionate, you know? And I mean, to each his own, but me as a wordsmith and knowing that words can be so many different things, either right or wrong, praises or curses. I don't use words like that, especially meeting new people. I don't get like that. Not to say I'm not a loving person. I just, or to say I'm guarded. I just need to, you know, know a little bit more about you. I need to know your likes, your don't likes, how you are in certain situations and in certain atmospheres. You know, I believe we have agape, which is human kind love. You know, we should have that. We are love. You are loved. We are all loved. We are love. But just to come off the bat already, no, I'm not like that. So I had checked him and I did it appropriately, um, as nice as it could be that, you know, he was being a little bit too much, going a little too fast for my little hoopty. I, I wasn't trying to push it to the metal yet. So he backed off a little bit. Um, and he ended up inviting me to do something I felt so like, oh, this is it. Like, yes, this is new. He's amazing. Oh my God. And it was so simple. He just wanted to go on a morning walk, like 7 a.m. and then get breakfast together. And I'm like, hearts and everything just floating all around me. I'm like, oh, that is so sweet. And it was something new, you know, it was something I hadn't experienced before with an opposite sex that I was, you know, potential of being with me, you know, I can, I have friends of the opposite sex, so I know friend boundaries, but that one, or, you know, being an associate or something, but that one, like, I was like, yes. So I cut my night short. We confirmed it the night before, woke up early, was ready, sent him a message and I got no response. Send him another one, got no response. Send him another one, try to call voicemail, voicemail, voicemail. Mind you, I had plans that Sunday morning. So I became so angry, y'all. Like, it was crazy. I cried. And I didn't cry because of him. I cried for me, for myself. Because even though I didn't realize it in the moment, I was triggered. He poked a wound in me. But at that moment, I couldn't justify what was going on. All I knew is he hurt me and people are not allowed to hurt me, right? That's how we say, no one's going to hurt me. Well, it happened. It took three days for me to calm down from that. I did not curse him out. Eventually, he reached out to me that day, but it was like in the afternoon and it was kind of more like, hey, my bad, my phone died. Um, You want to link up later? Because there's a game I'd like to take you to. What? What? <laughs> yeah, it, it that didn't go well either. That was like more fire to the fire, like coals to the fire. I mean, it, it was bad. Um, I did kind of go because I write and I didn't know how to like speak to him because I was so angry and I didn't want to like end up cussing him out. And that's something I'm working on with my confrontation, learning it doesn't always have to be negative. It can be a positive route. So I felt like, let me text him. So I sent him like this checkpoint list of points I wanted him to understand 
I don't really know if it got through to him or not, but I know the next morning my spirit was so convicted. And I really sat back and I reflected on this. And yes, what he did was wrong. No doubt. You you don't do something like that. But at the same time, he's not the first person to have done that to me. I had built up residue. And that was rejection. And I did go more into it on the blog. So, And I think I spoke about it on the last podcast, but I know on the blog I went into it. So you can read that. Maybe you can relate to me in that aspect. So I felt wrong because my reaction to the crime was not justice. It wasn't justified. I was not mad at him. I was mad at myself and past hurts. That's that brand of brokenness. So there are certain things you can fix while being alone, but there's also things you can't fix until you're engaged with someone. And, you know, I hadn't been engaged with somebody in a year and a half. And here I am engaged with someone and I'm feeling some type of way, like to the max, like it was like zero to 100 real quick. And I had every right, but I didn't have no right to to take it to that level. Yes, it was wrong. It could have been communicated, but why couldn't I communicate? Why was I upset for three days over somebody I just met, you know, but it wasn't about him. And most times we don't see that. Most times we don't sit and reflect. We don't see that "Mm, this is me. I need to fix that. So I did. Um, I did end up apologizing to him for my reaction. He apologized. He didn't, you know, he acknowledged what happened. But then I don't know. I don't know, don't know. But all I know is that he started getting extra. He told me he loved me. Like a couple days later, he was telling me um, the love of his life. It was love at first sight. He wanted to take me to dinner. He wanted to do like all these different things. I mean, he even threw babies in there. I mean, I don't know what was real, what was not. And I don't play like that. Like he doesn't even know my favorite color. I don't even know his birthday. Like we don't know each other in certain situations or atmospheres. And I don't play like that. So yeah, it I, it was just too much for me. I, I just felt too, too overwhelmed. And I was, it was taking up too much of my energy. And I shouldn't be like that. Like the person you're with, and I'm not saying he's a bad person. He just may be somebody else's fit, but the shoe didn't fit me. So I slowly but quickly backed up. I kind of just, you know, didn't answer him anymore. And he slowly stopped trying to get in touch with me. And we have not spoken since. So yeah, my first dating experience wasn't like the best, but it wasn't the worst. You know, I did find myself very like kid, like, oh my God, I really like him. Da da da. And then in a couple of weeks, I'm like, oh my God, he is really annoying. So there were certain things I'm like, okay, don't just, you know, that picture portrait that we put inside our head, ladies. We do it all the time. I did that for a little bit. Then I got bored and and I learned some stuff about me. And one thing I felt was key was that this, since it led me to finding out that I had some residue left in myself still, I didn't want to add. I don't want to be taking, let's take a pile of rocks. Got 50 piles of rocks, right? But every time I take two off, I'm adding five. I take one off, I'm adding three. Like, it doesn't make sense. So why would I 
now hold him hostage and hold that scenario hostage inside of me when that's not helping. So I can't, I got to forgive that situation. I got to check myself and learn from it. So I was actually reading this book around the, around this time, and it's called Healing the Soul of a Woman by Joyce Meyer. Awesome read. And I came across this, so I wanted to read it to you guys. Healthy boundaries are safety nets for us and other people, but we do need to be sure that we truly are setting boundaries, not building walls. What? We're not supposed to build walls? Like, I don't know if you're like me, but I have a whole castle around me. I got snipers on the roof. I got crocodiles in the moat. Like, check check me if you want to. But guess what? What I was trying to keep out still got in my wall. The wall's not working. When I read that, that was revelation. Like, my mind went, no more wall? What do I need then? Check this out. Most fences have a gate in them. And if they don't, they are no longer a fence, but a prison. When a fence has a gate, we can get out if we want to and let someone in if we want to. But walls have no gates. They wall others out of our lives, but they also wall us in. Oh my God. So I need a fence with a gate, y'all. That's what that's what we need, a fence with a gate, not these walls. So start tearing down your wall. Now that you heard it, tear it down. Do what you got to do to get it out. So I want to give you two examples she used. This is having a wall. I'm sure you're going to be able to relate. I've been hurt in my past and nobody is ever going to hurt me again. I will take care of myself and protect myself. I won't let myself get close to anyone, and that way they can't hurt me. Hmm. This is the fence with the gate. I have been hurt a lot in my life, and I want to protect myself and have relationships with safe people. Therefore, I am going to use discernment concerning the people I get involved with, and if a person begins to take advantage of me, I will confront them. And if they continue to do it, I will open the gate and let them out of my life. I mean, isn't that amazing? I just, I felt so lifted hearing that. Like, yes, I'm built, I need that fence. I need, I may even put a little mailbox outside, decorate the fence, nice little door. I want a fence with a gate now. I want a fence. With this fence, though, and with this wall, we got to break our inner vows. We can make vows with ourselves that need to be broken. I had vowed that nobody would ever hurt me again and nobody would control me or tell me what to do. Nobody would take advantage of me and I would take care of myself and never let myself get into a position of needing anyone. In other words, you don't want nobody to put nothing over your head. Obviously, if we try to live with that kind of attitude, we cannot have any relationships. We all get hurt from time to time. Even very good and well-meaning people hurt one another. We cannot live in a society and never have anyone tell us what to do or give us any direction. But many people today are trying to do just that. And the world around us is filled with rebellion and lawlessness. That was from her book as well. And it keeps going, but it was just so amazing to me. It was such an eye-opener. And what our eyes and ears hear, we process. 
And I hope that sticks with you. So I also want to let you know that we don't need to be in prison when we are free. We just need healthy boundaries. And I want to tell you that love, it's through our lives on a daily basis. Our families, cultures, food, cars, travel, any materialistic things you crave, tacos. I know I said food, but tacos. Mm. Careers and people. It's not something trapped in a box that only a few can experience. It is a gift given to all mankind to use towards oneself and another. It is often hidden in anger, unforgiveness, resentment, regret, guilt, shame, and hate. While our world seems to lack love, love is still present with every waking moment. Love is all around, to the birds in the trees, to the raindrops that fall from the sky. Every day, love brings new opportunity. Love isn't just candy, cards, and I love you here and there, presents. Maybe it's just smiling at the person you're next to in traffic that is just as frustrated as you are, just trying to get somewhere. They got a family. They got a life as well as you do. Or just walking by and just keeping a smile on your face. I have found myself that I have this resting bee face and I don't like it anymore. So I'm really trying to smile. And sometimes you may not get the smile back, but that lights somebody up. Think about how you feel when somebody just smiles at you. You know, we need to bring the love back. Love is greater than hate. Peace is better than war. And I know right now it may be hard to see it, but we are love. And if we can work within ourselves to start loving who we are, I believe that's where the understanding starts where we can learn patterns, our triggers, our reactions, ourselves, so that when we give to the next person, we're giving the best version of our loved selves. I do want to recommend um, doing the five love language quiz. I did it a while ago, and a couple of my friends have done it, and it really helps to know how you receive love and to know the people around you, how they receive love, you know, receive and accepting. I mean, giving and accepting, right? Um, you know, if I'm an affirmation person and the person or friends I'm around, they never give me affirmations. It's more just like we hang out, quality of time. I may start to feel like their love for me isn't genuine, like it's not enough, I'm lacking. And they may feel like I'm not appreciative enough. And I'm like, you just don't know me. So yeah, those kind of situations we can... It doesn't have to end in a quarrel and in a now we're not friends anymore. No, we just need to understand each other as humans. You know, we need to understand each and every one of us. We're each individually unique. We each have a purpose and we each have love in us. And that is what we're here for is to love even when we don't see it. Be the light. Don't be in the dark. Don't be imprisoned. Be free. Be free to love. And let's break our brand of brokenness. Ladies, let's let's break that. Let's not continue on flaunting that. 
you know, like let's get within ourselves and let's get to loving, man. Let's let's really start loving. And I also mentioned the four types of love. Um, they I be, go back to like the Greek. Those are really good to look at. Um, I will mention that I am the eros, the erotic, passionate love. And that one is erotic or sexual or passionate love. It is often all about need and it is more about the person who's feeling sexually attractive than it is about the person who is the focus of that love or thing that is the focus of that love. It is addicting. It can cause great joy and great sorrow. It isn't always good for you. And more hearts are broken on Valentine's Day due to the unfulfillment of erotic love. I definitely relate to that one. Um, that one has really opened my, you know, my soul up to like, hey, you've been looking at things a little wrong, so we got to unlearn and learn. You know, it's okay to have been taught wrong, but it's not okay to continue knowing you're doing wrong and continue to do it. We got to we gotta stop things, you know. This affects the people around us. It affects our children, affects everybody. We're a witness, you know. We, we got to... We're a witness to somebody else. So we're talking about, oh, I got good vibes. I got peace. I got love. I got all of this. And when the person sees us, we're not presenting that. Then what's it all for? So I hope this found somebody. I hope you can take away from this. Hope you can find that love. You know, it's in the most simplest things around you. Look around. Write some down and do something kind for somebody. Show that love. Show that light that's in you, queen. And until next time, one love.